This is Women's Tech Radio, Episode 3. Women's Tech Radio is a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network where we interview women in technology careers. I am Angela. And I'm Paige. And Paige, what, what are you really excited about technology today? I am really excited about seeing um, kind of automation and, and how people are starting to be able to kind of offload daily tasks or um, memory, different things like onto um, mobile devices or the computer or whatever. Kind of like, I can't wait for the day where I can walk into my home and say, like, start the laundry or, you know, um, kind of that sort of thing where I can really just interact with the technology in much more human and natural way. And I like seeing some of the stuff that's happening in that space has really got me fired up. Really, I just want Jarvis in my house someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you? Uh, I am really excited about what I can do with my photography, I, especially or specifically on mobile apps, because right now I can do color effects and really easy things that I think like Photoshop just bleh, like any kind of a GIMP or Photoshop or it's just um, huge. It, there's so many tools, but it's just a lot easier from a user standpoint to just select pre-selected uh, filters mm-hmm. to make my photo that much better. So I've been playing around with that, and I, I have my Instagram where I, I, you can see some of the things, and it's it's pretty cool. Cool. What what's your Instagram? It's Instagram.com forward slash Mom Vault. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and so you're using it kind of like seeing the art in photography now, just beyond just capturing the moment. Like yeah, actually, yeah, that's... yeah. Specifically, like color splash. Oh, that's really cool. Where my daughter was doing ballet, and I made just the ribbon that she was dancing with. That was the only color of the picture. It really frames it, and really like it's so artsy, oh, and it's cool. so easy, just with my fingertips. That's all. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I'll have to show you. But before we get to the interview, I just want to say that you can go to patreon.com forward slash today to support. WTR, Women's Tech Radio. It is the Tech Talk Today Patreon page, but it supports the entire network. And basically that show is our thank you to our to our supporters. It's a daily tech show Monday through Thursday and contributing there ultimately benefits this show as well. Now, who are we interviewing today? Today we're interviewing Stephanie Shoup. She's an iOS developer at a company called Lookout based in the San Francisco area. We talked to her about her journey of becoming an iOS developer and um, what's that, what that's like. So we started off um, asking her a bit about her position. So I'm an iOS uh, software engineer. I've been doing um, software engineering for just over two years. Uh, before that, I was a civil engineer. So I've always kind of been in engineering field regardless Currently, I'm working at a company called Lookout. Uh, we do mobile security, and I work on the iOS apps that we provide. So I've worked on a number of things. Um, I was kind of the one of the early members of the team. So we've kind of gathered ourselves together, and we're actually a, a formal uh, agile team now <laughs> and develop those processes as we kind of moved along. But it's been an interesting ride, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun trip seeing uh, how we can work on um, in, improving, you know, and consumer engagement, et cetera, because it's really, it's my first time working as a software engineer. So it's a pretty interesting uh, space to be in and a company to be at. Very cool. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how you switched from being a civil engineer to a software engineer? Sure. So I guess at the time, um, this was just a couple years ago, I was kind of not excited about retiring as a civil engineer. I was looking at the senior level, um, people at my company and I just did not see myself 
making it to that happily. So kind of went back to the drawing board um, through several rounds of complete blank slate. I came up with trying out to code and uh, was staying up until sometimes 3 a.m., et cetera, having to get up and be at work at 7.30 a.m. the next day. And I realized, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm passionate enough about this to actually do a career shift. So uh, at the time I was living in Austin, I moved uh, to San Francisco and went to um, App Academy, which is a coding boot camp. It was the first one of App Academy. So it was kind of all over the place, honestly. Uh, it ended up working for me. But yeah, like when I showed up, I had no idea if this thing was legit. No one had really heard of a coding boot camp at that time. I found it on Hacker News through Y Combinator. Um, and it was just, yeah, we went like every day for nine weeks. I learned Ruby on Rails and iOS. And about, I guess, four to six weeks after that, I had a job. I don't remember exactly the the time frame there, but it was relatively short after that, that, uh, I started working at Lookout. So yeah, that's kind of, uh, how I, how I got, I guess my current job and how I got into the field. And was App Academy, was that an online course or were you actually going to a class? So it was actually a physical location at the time. It was at a place that was next door to uh to a homeless shelter and the building said bail bonds (laughs) wow it was extremely sketchy and I didn't know what I was going to be walking into the first day (laughs) (laughs) but it ended up working out everyone there felt the same way you know quickly in the first day we realized okay listen this is legit you know they found a cheap space to rent and clearly if their idea works because they were a startup just like any other startup an education startup and uh if if it worked out they would get a proper space for additional classes to happen later so yeah we showed up every day from around like 10 a.m and i probably stayed until around 8 p.m and then we had homework I mean, we ended up doing about 80 hours a week in the period of nine weeks. It was really intense. Wow. I I totally understand how you feel, though. I used to work above a methadone clinic. (laughs) So it had the same kind of sketchy, scary, like, should I lock the door behind me type thing? (laughs) But um, what was the uh, class size? And were you one of the only females or were there actually a lot of females present in that class? So they got around 500 applicants, 20 of us got into the class. Wow. And then there were four women who ended up graduating out of 16. Out of 16 women? The, so out of the 20 people that made it, 16 so were four, women? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. There were 20 of us to start with. Four people ended up dropping out. I mean, it was, a, it was very oh, intense. Some people tried to still have their full-time job. Some didn't realize how intense it would be. Some realized this isn't for me. Um, I'm out kind of stuff. So there were four out of the 20 initial um, students that dropped out. 16 ended up graduating and four of, of, of the 16 were women. So 25%. Wow. That's actually great. Yeah. yeah we're still friends. They work around <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, how was the transition like be coming out of the developer bootcamp as a as a junior dev and trying to get work and, and kind of making that transition without without being able to say, like, I've got the college degree in computer science and all that jazz? It was really rough. At that time, no one knew what this kind of program was even like. Now, I guess, you know, there's a little bit more awareness around these alternative coding schools. But uh, when I first came out, it was, I felt like kind of like a guinea pig, actually in a testing lab of, you know, hey, App Academy has this proof of concept. Can you get a job and prove that our concept works kind of thing? Um, So it was a lot, it was a lot harder than I expected. I had to rely on networking for everything. That was my way. I never applied to one job online. So uh, because it never was fruitful. Like, yeah, that's just, not how you get jobs. You have to know somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And especially if you're doing a career shift, you don't have any experience to directly say, like, I've been doing this for X amount of years. It's like, hey, I've been doing this for nine weeks. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that sounds crazy, right? So, so how many years ago was it that you finished App Academy? Um, let's see. I finished in September of 2012. Yeah. So very recent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, not like yesterday, but like just the feelings that you had about it. I felt like the way you're describing it, it kind of feels like how it still is today. So I had a feeling it was more recent, but I would have been curious if it was even further, further um, back. But that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it was super hard. I mean, the, the main thing that uh, that worked, like I said, was networking and then also just getting as many interviews as possible and even if they were for something that I knew I didn't have the experience for, just getting the tech interview experience down was super helpful because uh, at that point, you just don't know how to navigate that landscape. Like a tech interview is so different from any other interview that you probably have done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, until you've done a lot of whiteboard coding or pair programming in the interview, don't interview at a company that you really want to work for is basically the takeaway I got. And it ended up working, but you know, it was a process. I probably interviewed at like 20 companies. How, how is the tech interview different from like a standard interview or something you've done as a civil engineer? Um, so as a civil engineer, it was more kind of show me your projects, you know, let's talk through a general, you know, scenario and then just kind of people skills and project management questions. And that's how I felt about most other jobs I've had. Uh, You know, I was like a part-time Zumba instructor and all these other (laughs) random things. Like every other job interview I've ever gone in for was more about soft skills. Even if it was technical, they just kind of trusted your projects and that you would learn on the job. Mm. Um, but for for specific, you know, code writing interviews, they want to see if you can actually write code and be the person that is easy to work with and solve problems with together on a team. So they're actually testing that skill. Can you solve a complicated problem? Can you ask the right questions? You know, when you get stuck do you completely get stuck and go, you know, crazy and can't focus anymore? Or, you know, are you collaborative? How do you think in general? So it's a whole lot of other things, right? Like teamwork, actual capability of problem solving and 
you know, will your code compile? So there's like several layers and I give these now. I, I just gave one last night. I mean, it's, it's interesting to be on the other side of it now, but yeah, it's, it's much more intense, even if you have been in the field. Yeah. So it's, it's almost more like a, a day on the job kind of, you know, condensed. Yeah. Right. Well, we like, I was just going to say it all must, day. Yeah. It must be not just like a one sit down, like 20 minute thing. <laughs> No, we focus on different things. Like one will be on architecture. Like actually, how would you design this like to scale and so that it's optimal? And then another one is on the craftsmanship of your code. And another one is how, you know, do you work with a team um, to solve like a compl- more complicated thing? Like there's so many different layers and like, it's typically an all day interview. So one like, thing that, I'm sorry. Uh, one thing that I noticed when I was getting my bachelor's degree is, uh, well, un- the University of Washington was very focused on teamwork, like extremely focused. In fact, one of my first courses, I had a team of 10 people, which is the most ridiculous thing to manage. But um, <laughs> but so I can imagine that working with a team of coders would be a lot different than, you know, well, in my case, it was operation stuff. And I don't know what exactly you study at being a civil engineer, but um, if you didn't have the teamwork aspect in your college, um, was it present in the coding school classes that you went to? Like was was yeah. in the interview like the first time that you really had to work with a team, like instead of doing just individual projects? So App Academy did prepare me for that. The entire program is pair programming, which means that you're working with another person the entire day. Oh, great. Um, so, yeah. So it, it, it basically taught you how to talk out loud about your code, what you're thinking all day long. So I do think that that was super helpful because when you're interviewing, you need to be saying what you're thinking about and you know, how you're approaching the problem and know when to ask questions so that you don't somehow make an assumption and go down the wrong path for 20 minutes of, you know, a 45 minute interview. Right. So it definitely helped that I was used to talking about what was in my head and how I was thinking about the problem. And, uh, and you're working right now as an iOS developer. Do you find like that that's really interesting, something that fires you up or are there kind of specific yeah. challenges in mobile? Yeah. So, uh, so outside of App Academy, I, I had offers to work as a Rails engineer, which you know is more backend server, and um, and and then some to work as iOS uh, engineer. The problem is that it's really hard to find an iOS like junior level position because honestly, the bar is is pretty high to to know a compiled language in the landscape of that really well. Um, it's much easier to be a junior level, like rails engineer. So I had a ton more opportunities as rails. Um, and from app Academy though, I like knew that mobile was the most interesting to me. And I thought it was super cool how I could interact with, uh, applications on my phone, just the gestures, like even, you know, I can shake to do this or I can tap to do that. You know, that kind of stuff is really cool. And it's something I carry with me in my pocket. I strongly believe that mobile is the future, regardless of what that mobile thing is. I just think we're really trending that way. So that was my passion. 
Um, actually to get this job at Lookout, I took a three month contract period over a full time rails engineering position because I was so confident and mobile and it ended up turning into a full time job. So I definitely don't regret that at all because I, I, I know I made the right decision for me, but I had to basically take a risk, right? Like I had a full time offer, um, and something I wasn't as passionate about. Right. right. Do you have any links or uh, websites that were particularly helpful for you other than App Academy? And, um, well, you're part of Women Who Code. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, at Women Who Code, I, uh, I go every two weeks. Um, I'm one of the leads for the San Francisco mobile study group. And we have links on our site that are basic tutorials and um, some that are more advanced for for women who already know uh, some programming experience but haven't done mobile before. So there, we have different levels for depending on where you're at. Uh, so I, I always give those as options um, for for the study group. Um, and they're pretty helpful. Um, there's one called uh, rayvenderlich.com that is uh, is really really good. Um, actually, like Ray has his own conference now that's totally tutorial based conference. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. So it's clear that you know some people learn best through tutorials. Um, others are more, hey, this book is really good. And, awesome. you know, it's worth a read kind yeah. of stuff. We'll definitely link that out in the show notes. Um, so yeah. you talked earlier about networking. Was getting involved in Women Who Code a part of the networking that you did to be able to find your jobs? Absolutely. Yeah, I had heard about Women Who Code actually during App Academy. There was um, one of the, the women that was in the, the, the cohort with me had gone at the time I was super busy and was like, I'm just going to not go to that until I'm done with, with this program because this is insane. And even then I didn't really realize what it was going to be like. I thought it was just going to be like another, I don't know. I was a member of like society of women engineers in college and stuff like that. And it always to me was just not that fulfilling. Like I just thought it was okay, but didn't really mean much. Um, and so I went after App Academy mainly for networking because I was like, well, regardless, this is a good place to network. I got a lot of interviews through Women Who Code. Um, we we typically go to different startups, and um, most of them are hiring. <laughs> so it's a pretty good time to just show up for the the night you know, of Ruby or whatever and, and ask the, the hosting company, Hey, are you hiring? And most of the time the answer is yes. So got a lot of interviews out of that. It's not actually how I found Lookout, but I did find Lookout through another meetup event that was, um, it was like a speed interview round table, <laughs> crazy madness, um, eight minutes, ring a bell, go to the next employer uh, wow. session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds hectic and nerve wracking. Speed, yeah. speed dating for nerds. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got a, that was mobile specific. So that's how I found like a lot more um, mobile offerings. Oh, gotcha. 
And, and you also said that on your mobile team, you're working um, with an agile team now. Like, um, so yeah. first, what does that mean for those sure. who don't know? And then um, kind of how has it influenced the way that you're working? Sure. So, um, so yeah, when I first started, like I said, we, uh, we had kind of a, a product, an iOS product that was not really dedicated on until, until they got like me and a few other people hired. And it was kind of like our task to go out and make the product better. Um, so, so yeah, what agile methodologies kind of have turned into is, um, having a daily stand up, um, you know, having tasks that you have a backlog and you have current things that you're working on, you work in sprints so that you have, a sprints can be like a week or two weeks or three weeks, but ideally shorter is better so that you're actually sprinting and trying to get as much work as you can do in that amount of time. Um, so you kind of like do that planning up front, you know, how much things you, how many things you should be able to get done in that given like increment of time, whatever length of sprint you're doing. And you kind of track your time and track your progress and, are able to kind of give project deliverables and dates based on your progress tracking, et cetera. So that's kind of an overview of what that means. So when I started, we didn't do any of that. <laughs> we didn't have any sort of way um, other than like a whiteboard with like a list. Oh, so you weren't even tasks. really a waterfall. It was just a, a random whiteboard. Yeah, I mean, we, we're a startup. I mean, we, we've grown a lot now, but um, I still think for the most part, we're like a startup within a startup. And uh, so, so yeah, like we weren't doing any of that. We weren't using any sort of tracking tools. Um, we use Jira now. I'm not saying it's the end all be all or anything, but, you know, it's at least better than, than a whiteboard. We actually can track things. We actually do sprint planning. We do two-week sprints. So, uh, we do stand up every day. So we have like more structure and, you know, we're able to like hit deadlines and now the iOS product is integrated with all of these external partners. So we have, um, T-Mobile, uh, KDDI in Japan, and then, uh, a few more here. And, um, with with being integrated with external partners, it's really hard to not know how much you can get done unless you're doing something that is tracking your time. So that's extremely helpful to say, hey, that change that you want, it'll be in an approximately two weeks or a month or two months or whatever. Yeah, I like uh, Agile seems to really kind of codify the human part of coding. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I use it in my daily life too. Like I, I have whiteboards at home that I, I kind of have like my like backlog of tasks, but I'll be able to move them over when I am, when I'm working on them or when I'm done with them. So it kind of helps to, to not be overwhelmed with having a huge to-do list and feeling like you're not getting anything done. I at least get to mark them as like, Hey, I'm only going to work on this five, you know, these five things this week. That's fantastic. That's five things, right? Like that's still good. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Do you play, uh, do you play poker with yourself to do all your estimations? 
<laughs> no, I, I guess I could, but no, I, uh, I haven't done that, that extreme already. My friends make fun of me, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like if I did that. Awesome. Cool. So, um, just a couple of questions to wrap up here. Um, if, you know, especially coming from uh, your journey, what would you kind of give as the best piece of advice for someone who either wants to get started or is maybe finishing the, one of these boot camps where they've kind of gotten the ball rolling, but now they're looking for next steps? Yeah, the number one thing, like I've, I've talked to so many boot camp graduates because there's there's tons of them now. And, you know, they're graduating, um, you know, a lot of students who are eager to get into this this workforce. And the number one mistake, I think, is is the lack of networking um, and the lack of, of insight to see that, hey, I need to be meeting meeting engineers. Um, so. That's my number one piece of advice, even if you're in the industry and just looking to stay in it. Um, it helps to have friends. It helps to have to have people that work at the same type of uh, company you do, potentially in the same sort of technology stack as you do, uh, to be able to ask them, hey, you know, like I actually asked my friends recently, Hey, what's the length of your sprints like for mobile? Because I have a, a handful of mobile engineers that are, that are my friends at different companies. So it was nice to hear their responses because I was investigating, should we go to a three week sprint, for example, um, that kind of stuff. So it's helpful regardless of where you're at, but if you're just getting started, it's even more important because you just, you just have to have somebody back you up and say, this person, I met them, you know, they're, they're awesome. We should interview them at least because that's your foot in the door. And there's usually some sort of, uh, you know, incentive for, for referrals. So all of those people at those networking events are looking for people to refer. And if you get hired, they probably get some sort of bonus. Right. And do you think like uh, meetup.com is probably one of the great ways or like to find meetups that sort of, how did, do you find them that way? Yeah, I do. Um, that's that, those are the main ones I go to. And even if they're not hosted on meetup, a lot of times meetup will have a duplicated event that just says, Hey, you can't RSVP here, go to the actual event link on Eventbrite. And, you know, so it's still awesome. a good so also way. on Eventbrite. Yeah. It's still a good way to, to even know about it. So you, you think, or so what you're saying is uh, in-person meetups is beneficial over say like a social network. Yeah. Or like I think LinkedIn so. or any of the other business focus absolutely absolutely I mean it's the same as like you know a cold call or something like that you know that's cool but if you had a cold coffee meeting that means a lot more you saw the person face to face even if it was like 15 minutes it's more memorable sure perfect well thank you so much for joining us this morning absolutely thank you for having me thanks so much Stephanie and we'll talk to you soon great thanks Well, thanks for joining us for Women's Tech Radio Episode 3. If you'd like to be on the show or if you just want to give us a comment, you can email us at wtr at jupiterbroadcasting.com. 